1: The Bible is no common book. The Bible is no ordinary book. It is a book that's inspired by the living God. The past in the Bible has been fulfilled, and we can have confidence it'll be fulfilled in the future.
0: That's Pastor Mark Finley, and this is Hope Lives 365. At Hope Lives 365, we believe God answers prayer. If you would like us to pray for you, then keep in mind this telephone number throughout today's broadcast, 888 244 Hope. That's eight 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 two four four. Hope. Here now is our pastor teacher, Mark Finley, with today's Hope Lives three sixty five.
1: Do you see why God said that you, O oh Nebuchadnezzar, are this head of gold? Because the golden dome temple of Bel-Marduk had these 18 tons of gold, both in the altar and the throne. Babylon was a world-ruling. Babylon was a world-dominant power. Babylon, this power had a 20-year food supply. So the Babylonians weren't worried about any enemies' attacks because when the Medes and Persians later surrounded the Babylonians, the Babylonians, history tells us, went up on the wall, threw food over the wall to the Medes and Persians and said to the Medes and Persians, hey, you guys, you're surrounding us? You think you're going to starve us? We have a 20-year food supply. Hey, you soldiers out there that are surrounding us, you guys may be a little hungry. Here's a little food for you. And so they threw food over the walls, taunting the soldiers. They weren't worried about water because the river Euphrates ran through the center of Babylon, giving them a constant water supply. The river Euphrates was that river which supplied water endlessly to the Babylonians. Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel 4 verse 30 said, is not this great Babylon that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and the honor of my majesty? Nebuchadnezzar was filled with arrogance. He was filled with pride. He had a super ego. He said, is not this great Babylon that I have built. Now notice in the archaeological ruins of Babylon. Here is ancient Babylon now destroyed. Here are the bricks of Babylon. And every brick of Babylon had Nebuchadnezzar's name stamped on that brick. But look, Right above those bricks is a newer area that Saddam Hussein thought he would defy Bible prophecy and Saddam Hussein began to build new Babylon in this section and every one of Saddam's bricks had Saddam's name stamped upon them. But what did God's word say? Jeremiah 51, verse 37, Babylon will become a heap of ruins, a haunt of jackals, an object of horror and scorn, a place where no one lives. So the Bible predicted that Babylon would be destroyed. We're following a journey. You have that great image, the head of gold representing Babylon, but the image is not all gold. Babylon would be destroyed and another nation would rise up, the nation of the Medes and the Persians. The Persians and the Medes attack Babylon, 539. B.C. to 331 B.C., the chest and arms of silver representing the nation of the Medes and representing the Persians. Daniel 2, verse 32, its chest and arms of silver. Every metal represents another empire. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 2, after you shall arise another kingdom. So the head of gold representing Babylon, the first kingdom. Breast and arms of silver representing Medo-Persia, the second kingdom. How did Babylon fall to Medo-Persia? On one night, there was a feast of debauchery and immorality. The wine flowed, the music played. Finely gowned women danced in gyrations as Babylonian men, half drunk in their sensuality, committed immorality. And there, God said, Babylon, this is enough. That night, a bloodless hand wrote on the wall, many, many, thou art weighed in the balances and found wanting. God has numbered your kingdom, Babylon. This is Babylon's last night. Then the Bible says, Tekel, you've been weighed in the balances and found wanting. Babylon's last night. Then the Bible says, Paris, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. That night, Babylon fell, exactly like Bible prophecy predicted. But how did Babylon fall? Who was the general that led the armies against Babylon? God named Cyrus, the Persian general that attacked Babylon 150 years before he was born. Now this is incredible. Incredible. You say, where is that in the Bible? Here it is in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 1. Thus says the Lord to his anointed to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held to subdue nations before him. Cyrus was God's anointed to attack Babylon, to overthrow it, because Babylon had attacked Jerusalem. The Jews were in captive to Babylon. God raised up Cyrus. God named Cyrus in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah was written in 680 B.C. The attack on Babylon came in 539. So 150 years plus in advance, God named this man Cyrus that would attack Babylon. He would loose the armor of kings. He would open before him the double doors. The gates would not be shut. Cyrus would attack Babylon. Babylon as he attacked it. The Bible says the river would become dry. What's that all about? And the Bible says the gates would not be shut. What's that about? The Cyrus Cylinder is a rock record that is housed in the British Museum that describes how Cyrus attacked Babylon and how Babylon fell. Here is what the Bible says. Now, Herodotus tells us that Cyrus planned to march on Babylon in the spring. This is confirmed in Bible prophecy. But one of Cyrus's sacred horses drowned in the river. Cyrus, the Persian general, became so angry, he became so upset, that he orders his armies to stop their attack on Babylon. They dug 360 channels and spread the river out over the plain. What happened to the river? You remember, the Euphrates River ran through the center of Babylon. The water level dropped, the river became dry. Cyrus marched his troops down the dry riverbed under the walls. They came up in the center of the city because Babylon had a drunken feast. The gates were left open, and in one night, Babylon's armies fell. The drying up of the rivers delayed the destruction till the next year. In 539 BC, the Babylonians fell. To Cyrus's forces. Cyrus dried up the river. He sent his forces down the dry riverbed. The gates on the inner gates were left open because of the drunken feast. All of this is recorded on the Cyrus cylinder. And the Cyrus cylinder in the rock records confirms exactly what happened in the Bible. The Bible is no common book. The Bible is no ordinary book. It is a book that's inspired by the living God. The past in the Bible has been fulfilled, and we can have confidence it will be fulfilled in the future. Daniel 2, verse 39 says, That another kingdom, a third kingdom of bronze, that will rule over all the earth Babylon, the head of gold, to Persia, the breast and arms of silver. Greece the thighs of bronze why did god use bronze for the thighs of Greece because the greek armies always had bronze helmets they had bronze armor, and so bronze was a fitting symbol for Greece, just like gold was a fitting symbol for the nation of Babylon. Alexander the Great attacked the Medo-Persian armies, and he overthrew the Medes and the Persians. History is following this prophecy like a blueprint. Alexander the Great planned to rebuild the temple tower at Babylon. He wanted to make the city of Babylon his provincial capital. But what did God say? It said Babylon would be destroyed. It said Babylon would never be rebuilt again. What happened? For two months, 10,000 Greek men worked clearing away the debris of Babylon to rebuild it as a provincial capital for Alexander. But during this period, Alexander died and the project was abandoned. Babylon would rule. Then Medo-Persia would rule. Then Greece would rule. History has been following this image of Daniel, the second chapter, like a blueprint. History has been following clearly this outline. Then the fourth empire, gold, silver, bronze, iron, Rome with the legs of iron would rule from 168 years before Christ to 476 years after Christ. We see, exactly like the Bible predicted, the fourth kingdom will be as strong as iron. The Roman Empire was that nation that reached out across Europe, and indeed, it was as strong as iron. The Roman armies dominated all of Europe. The Roman armies dominated down into Africa. The Roman armies dominated down into the areas of Asia. We see this prophecy being fulfilled. Edward Gibbon, who wrote the book The Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire, uses this prophecy as a model for the history of Rome. He says, the images of gold, silver or brass, That might serve to represent the nations and their kings were successfully broken by the iron monarchy of Rome. Isn't it amazing that the historian uses the very words of Bible prophecy to describe these legs of iron?
0: Pastor Mark Finley will continue with more in just a moment. Stay tuned. Hope Lives 365 is a donor supported ministry. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages is prayed over, biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. If you have been blessed by our ministry, go to our website, hopelives365.com or call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today. That number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now, once again, Pastor Mark Finley.
1: But what would happen after Babylon, after Medo-Persia, after Greece, after Rome? You know, it was the Roman Empire that was ruling in the days of Jesus. When Jesus was born, it was a decree of Caesar Augustus that brought the parents of Jesus, Mary and Joseph, to Bethlehem. You remember, it was a Roman emperor that wanted to kill all boy babies that sent the holy family to Egypt into hiding for that short period of time where they were nourished. It was, too, a Roman governor that was the one that tried Jesus. It was a Roman governor that condemned Jesus to death and Roman soldiers nailed Jesus to the cross. So this fourth empire, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome, we see Jesus living in the days of this Roman empire. This empire that extended throughout Europe, this empire that extended down into Africa and on to the Middle East. But what would happen next? Would there be a fifth world-ruling empire after Rome? What happened next? Babylon, the head of gold. Persia, the chest and arms of silver. Greece, the thighs of brass. Rome, the legs of iron. If I were predicting, I'd predict gold, silver, brass, iron, copper, tin, zinc, aluminum. You know, wouldn't you think that there'd be four world-ruling nations, then there'd be a fifth world-ruling nation, then there'd be a sixth, a seventh? Wouldn't you think that? But what do you know about Rome? Was Rome conquered by a fifth world ruling nation? What do you know about Rome? Rome was what? Rome was divided. Hence, the toes of the image of the clay and the iron. Look at how the Bible is so accurate to history. The Bible says Daniel 2 verse 42, whereas you saw the feet and toes partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, the kingdom shall be shall be what everybody? divided. So the Roman Empire would not be overthrown by a fifth world ruling empire. The Roman Empire would be what? divided. Did that happen? Indeed it did. You recall what happened. The barbarian tribes came down from the north. And as they did, they attacked the Roman Empire and divided it up. And what we see in Europe today are the remnants of that old Roman Empire. For example, the Franks settled in the area that we now know as France. That's right. The Anglo-Saxons settled in the area we now know as England. The Alameni settled in the area of Germany. The Heruli settled in the area of Italy. The Visigoths, some in southern Spain. The Suevi up in Portugal. The Vandals in Africa. So, what we see today in Europe are the divisions of the old Roman Empire. I remember one time I was preaching in Europe and a guy came up to me, he was kind of skeptical, and he said, How do you know the Bible is true? And I said, Something like this You're standing on it. He kind of looked around. What's the guy talking about? He said, how do you know the Bible's true? I said, you're standing on it. He said, what do you mean? I said, the Bible predicted there'd be Babylon, Medo, Persia, Greece, Rome. Then the Bible predicted that the Roman Empire would be divided. It was divided. And it's been divided for 1,500 years. The soil that you are standing on is one of the greatest evidences that the Bible indeed is the Word of God. But the Bible goes on, and the prophecy becomes even more incredible. You see, the Roman Empire fell apart from 351 to 476 AD. But God makes a prediction that is very precise in the book of Daniel. He says, Daniel 2, verse 43, after Rome is divided, they will mingle with the seed of man, But they will not adhere to one another, just as iron does not mix with clay. What do you think it means that the emperors and kings of Europe would mingle the seeds? What do you think that means? That's it. They would intermarry they would intermarry in an attempt. You'd have one king that would marry off his son a prince to another princess with the chance of trying to unite all Europe through that intermarriage. Come with me to the Fredericksburg Castle in Denmark. My wife and I lived in England for five years, 1985 to 1990, and we traveled all through Europe. If you go up to the Fredericksburg Castle in Denmark, you travel through the beautiful courtyard into the foyer or the entryway of the castle. Once you get into that castle, there is something that to me is quite amazing and astounding. The family tree of Europe showing the interrelationship through intermarriage of the kings and queens of Europe in an attempt to unite all of Europe. Exactly like the Bible prophecy said. Bible says there would be Babylon. It would fall. It did. There'd be Medo-Persia. It would fall. It did. Cyrus was named 150 years in advance of his birth. He would be the ruler that would attack Babylon. He did. He would dry up the river according to the Bible prophecy. He did. The gates would be open. They were on that drunken night. Then Greece would come under Alexander. That happened. Alexander would try to rebuild Babylon. He failed. He died exactly like the Bible said. Babylon would not be rebuilt. Then Greek's empire would fall. Rome would rule. It would be an iron monarchy. It was. Then after that, it would be divided, not conquered by a fifth world ruling empire. That happened. Rome would be divided. They'd try to unite Europe through intermarriage. They tried to do that, but it never happened. Ladies and gentlemen, history is not a wild affair of events. History is following this book like a blueprint. God is in control. He sits upon his throne. Napoleon, divorced. Josephine married Louise of Austria to try to unite all Europe, but Napoleon failed. Napoleon was defeated in the Battle of Waterloo. They will mingle with the seed of man, but they will not adhere one to another as iron is not mixed with clay. When Napoleon was defeated, he cried out, God is too much for me. Charles V tried to unite all of Europe, and he failed. Charlemagne tried to unite all of Europe, but Charlemagne could not have and unite the Holy Roman Empire. He failed. Would-be rulers have arisen. They've tried to unite Europe, but they have failed. Again, Napoleon, Battle of Waterloo, 1815. And as Napoleon came to the Battle of Waterloo, he was utterly defeated because you cannot unite the Clay and the iron in the feet of that image. That image has revealed history in advance. Here's what Napoleon's journal said. There will be one Europe. There will be one currency. There will be one language. There will be one government all over Europe. But Napoleon was defeated. Napoleon's armies went down in defeat. Why did these armies of Napoleon go down in such defeat? Because God intervened in history. In fact, right after this tragic defeat at Napoleon that nobody expected, Napoleon cried out, "'God Almighty is too much for me.'" You know, there was a history written of Napoleon's defeat. It's called Lectures on Modern History, Lecture 3, by a man by the name of Professor Arnold. And he says, what was the principal adversary of this tremendous power? By whom was it checked and resisted and put down? By none and by nothing but the direct and manifest interposition of God. God has intervened in human history. God is in control of human history. Europe has been divided exactly like the Bible has said down through the years. Would be world leaders in World War I and World War II have tried to unite Europe. Hitler, Stalin, Mussolini, all have tried to bring Europe together, but they have failed. Hitler said, There'll be one people. Hitler said, There'll be one empire. Hitler said, There'll be one leader. But he was defeated. Why? Because prophecy cannot be broken. There is an event just on the horizon. We're not living in the head of gold. We're not living in the breasts and arms of silver. We're not living in the thighs of brass. We're not living in the legs of iron. We're not living when Europe was first divided. What's the next event? What is the next event that Daniel described regarding the image to King Nebuchadnezzar? What is the next event that's just on the horizon? What's the next event for human history? Daniel 2, verse 34, you watched. Well, a stone was cut out without hands. See, here's an empire without human hands. This stone cut out without hands is not some nuclear bomb that's going to explode. Here, the stone that's cut out without hands is the rock of ages, Jesus Christ, who will come again. You watched. You watched till a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them into pieces. The God of heaven, Daniel said, would set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. Babylon rose and fell. Nebuchadnezzar rose and fell. Saddam Hussein rose and fell. Medo-Persia rose and fell. Cyrus rose and fell. Greece rose and fell. Alexander rose and fell. Rome and the Caesars rose and fell. Europe was divided. In the rise and fall of nations, God has the destiny of this world in his hands. God is still in control. God is on the throne. And soon the rock cut out without hands, the divine, eternal, everlasting kingdom of Jesus Christ will come. It will break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms. And it shall stand forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. God's kingdom will stand We need not fear, we need not fear. This earth isn't gonna be destroyed in some thermonuclear warfare. We need not fear, we're not gonna spend the last moments of life clawing at one another for living space. We need not fear, this world is not gonna be destroyed by some global warming. We are living down in the toenails of the image. 2,500 years of history has been fulfilled. We need not fear. One day, Jesus will come. One day, he'll stream down the court of the sky. One day, sickness and suffering and heartache and sin will be over. One day, there'll be no more war, no more worry, no more want. One day, there'll be no more disease, no more disaster, no more death. One day, there'll be no more poverty, no more pollution. One day, we will say, there's no more night, no more night, no more dark periods. I want to live with Jesus one day in a land where there's no sickness or suffering or pain or death. Don't you? If you want to do that, just raise your hand as I pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much that we can live in that land with Jesus where there's no sickness or pain. Thank you that this world is not in the hands of man, but it's in the hands of the living God. In Christ's name, amen.
0: Are you fascinated by the prophecies of Revelation? Have you wished you could understand prophecy better? Do the symbols of the Bible's last book baffle you? God's Last Altar Call is just the book you need. Mark Finley clearly explains the events soon to unfold in this world. Be sure to call today for your copy, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. The book is yours for a donation of any size. Thank you for your generosity. Your donations keep this ministry on the air. Again, thank you for your support. 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Thanks for listening today to Hope Lives 365.